0: big news when out of nowhere, Robert Mueller announced that he would be making a statement on camera live at 11 a.m., which is a good time because The Bachelorette isn't on. (laughs) And nobody knew what the statement would be about, which meant that cable news had an hour to go into wild speculation mode. (laughs)
1: The big question is what exactly will he address? Will he get into the substance of the report?
0: Will he contradict the Attorney General? Will he defend the investigators? Will he say anything about Congress? Will Robert Mueller only talk about part one of the Mueller report and not part two? Will he resign? Will he rebut depictions of his report? Will he address his public testimony? Or will he bring charges? Or will he bring Sexy back? Or uh, <laughs> will he tell us he's replacing Adam Levine on The Voice? Uh, or will the You just wait for a goddamn hour to see what Robert Mueller actually said. (laughs) Will he bring sexy back? (laughs) That's funny. yeah, boy. Oh, boy. You know, we're going to talk to a congressman uh, in just a couple of minutes about the Mueller statement yesterday and the resultant tumult. (laughs) Uh, In just a couple of minutes, but... Uh, I'm, it's it's interesting, it reminds me a little bit of sports talk, which I, I listen to somewhat, and um, how people can get whipped up into uh, anger and adamance and frenzy and the rest of it over a point that will never, ever be discussed again, a blip in the history of a team or what have you, just because they're into it, they're really into it. And I'm thinking the Mueller thing yesterday is going to be one of those. I could be wrong because there's enormous energy, feverish energy on the left for impeachment. Feverish energy among a small number of politicians and almost all of the media. Yes. I think that alone is pretty interesting just to see yesterday that, okay, the media, the mainstream media, is to the left of most Democrats. Mm, I, I I do not think it's ideological. Although it's the ideological part fits in fine, they're comfortable with this. It's desperation. They need a giant story. They need clicks, they need eyes, they need ears. They're they're desperate to whip up a giant historical story. I mean Which so, is why every time some kid dies terribly, they just shove it in front of you. I'm looking at sleepy eye Chuck Todd from Meet the Press, he's well, on you know, NBC and they're doing a- And they and they and they open the story with the Nancy Pelosi under pressure. Well, she's under pressure from a very small number of people. Mm-hmm. As she pointed out yesterday, you got thirty eight people who want impeachment. I got two hundred that don't. Right. You're focusing on the thirty eight. They are focusing on the thirty eight. Any other issue? If you had thirty eight that wanted something, then the other two hundred don't, it wouldn't even make the news. Right. You might even, have a meeting with them. You're not even close to having uh getting anything going there. Right. You hardly have anybody interested in this. Trade idea or this infrastructure idea, you selling get, Florida back to the Spanish. You got 38 interested, 200 not. Right. But on this one, they they really act like boy, it's just it's a wobbler, which way it goes. Mm-hmm. Because the media is so enthused about it. Right. So you think they're enthused about it because it, they think it'd be good for the ratings, or it is good for ratings to yes. we'll talk about it? Absolutely, yeah. Although oh boy, again, I don't, know, again my... I don't think they have a single ideological like hair that will be ruffled buy it, I mean that's a perfectly comfortable thing for them to tout. I certainly got the uh, the, the feeling that the hosts I was watching yesterday on MSNBC personally thought. Oh, MSNBC? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Think I guess that I was Trump thinking of like CBS, ABC, NBC, and and your and your Wapo and your New York Times. But isn't it extraordinary that? that MSNBC is so far to the left of most Democrats? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, they consider themselves the ideologically pure. Who will lead the way into the brave new progressive world? And uh, I wish them well. Oh, I was going to get a quote from uh, Beto. Actually, Bet- I wish them doom. <laughs> Beto was on with uh, with Chris Matthews. Beto, what's happened to him? Nobody talks about him. Who was saying so uh, charming? Skateboarding and the rest of it. Chris, <laughs> Chris Matthews was basically saying oh, man, he likes the rock and roll. <laughs> how do you not impeach at this point? I mean, isn't it your constitutional duty to impeach? Aren't you letting down America if you don't impeach? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he had Beto on there. God, I want to find the exact quote. I don't know If I can come up with it. Um, if we don't well, well, first of all, one point he made, one point Chris Matthews is making, which I do think is interesting. He said it's got to be now, or it, it just is not going to happen at all. Right. Because we're going to get we're, we'll be so close to the election and the Democratic race is going and everything like that. It just you, it's either got to be now or it's not. And that's the pressure that Nancy is going to find herself under is. Now's the time, right? or it's off the table. It would be bizarre to gin up uh, outrage to get somebody fired a week before they're retiring, unless they're that one FBI guy who was involved in all sorts of hijinks. Uh, Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you bother, particularly if there's any risk? And there's enormous risk in impeaching him. Beto said something, and I can't find the quote, but he said something like, uh, if we don't impeach the president, we will lose our democracy forever. I mean, I'm not (laughs) overstating it. I'm not overstating what he said. Wow. he said. He made that statement. Wow, that's amazing. It's now or we will lose our democracy forever. Okay, well that seems a little over the top. I, it, not exactly it, sure how that's going to happen, or he loses in a couple of months and we have a different president and it's it's a blip in history. Right. <laughs> right. Wasn't that Trump crazy? People say. <laughs> that's great. I mean, it's it's like it reminds me of the summer of what year was that when. When the two steroid behemoths, uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, were going for the home run crown and they passed old Roger Maris like he was a light-hitting second baseman and just kept jacking home runs into the sky. This, this hyperbole war right now, it reminds me of that. Okay, we'll lose our democracy forever. How do you top that? I don't know. There will be a national genocide and 200 million will die. I, that's the only way I can think of topic. Have you seen the new Netflix show about the Bash Brothers? No. It's um, it's Andy Sandberg and some other comedian being Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. Wow. And it's a bunch of rat. It's a bunch of songs, and they're all and a lot of them are filthy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's pretty darn funny. <laughs> wow. No. With what high, an interesting with concept. The, well, it's the 30 year anniversary now, which is oh my. A little tough to take right there if oh you're my. of a certain age. To realize that was 30 years ago. Jose Canseco's having a ball bounce off his noggin was 30 years ago? Younger people are saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. but it's hilarious. Google it. (laughs) You had these two giants come along and just start hitting home runs like crazy and breaking all these records. Isn't that amazing? Boy, their fitness (laughs) regimen must be (laughs) impressive. (laughs) I'd heard that fitness takes away flexibility, but those boys are strong. Netflix comedy special. Check it out. It's pretty funny. We're going to talk to him. They ended up with heads the size of a college mascot and... Inch gaps between their teeth. And testicles the size of a raisin. Right. Um, Which comes up in the uh, comedy special. Wow. Um, A Republican congressman on the whole impeachment thing and other stuff next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: If we had had confidence that the president
3: clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime.
0: All right, so there we are. And that was the uh, that's the conversation point all day long yesterday and maybe for the next several months if they go forward with impeachment. And Tom, if they do go forward with impeachment, this man will be involved. Indeed, Congressman Tom McClintock represents the 4th District of California and joins us now. He has accused Robert Mueller of pedophagery. Good Lord, now that's an accusation. Tom, going back uh, to your old-timey accusations there, huh?
3: Well, Google it, and you'll find that that, that it is a word that perfectly fits Robert Mueller. A a pedophagist, a lawyer whose methods are petty, underhanded, or disreputable, uh, and one who's given to quibbling over trifles. And that is Robert Mueller to a T.
0: So, uh, why don't we start with the clip we just played? I found it curious, and, and perhaps I misunderstand his role in what the statute says, but that somebody would say we were not able to clear him of a crime.
3: Prosecutors don't exonerate people. Prosecutors don't clear you of a crime. You are already cleared of a crime. That's the presumption of innocence. He even mentioned that in his statement. And then he went right around and contradicted himself. Uh, a prosecutor's role is to determine if a case can be made for prosecution. We gave that man $25 million and 22 months to make a case uh, for uh, uh, that the president colluded with the Russians, that was the great lie we've been force fed for two and a half years now, uh, uh, or or to to uh, make the case that he could be prosecuted for obstruction of of an investigation that discovered no crime. Uh, and he could not make that case, he did not make that case, and now he wants to have his cake and eat it too. And and you know, hiding behind this guideline that a sitting president cannot be uh, uh, indicted, well, that is horse manure. Any president can be indicted after he leaves office. It was Mueller's responsibility to make that case if he could, and he didn't because he couldn't.
0: Do you think the Speaker of your House of Representatives is going to uh, move forward with impeachment proceedings?
3: Oh, they've been planning that from day one. In fact, also, here's another thing you can Google. Uh, We saw the first calls for impeachment of Donald Trump the week after the election. That was two months before he was sworn in. (laughs) They were already talking about uh, impeaching him. So, yeah, this has been the game plan from before day one.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it's Nancy Pelosi's game plan, Tom. I mean, she knows it's political suicide. Am I wrong on that? Uh, I
3: I think she's being pushed by her her conference. And, and, you know, I also really wonder if that's her true position. Uh, uh, I, I think that that is her public position. She she wants to be dragged into an impeachment of uh, not leading into an impeachment.
0: Now that's kind of interesting because Newt was seen, Newt Gingrich, Speaker of the House at the time of the Clinton impeachment, was seen as leading it and was, was proud to lead it. And, uh, and most pundits seem to feel like that didn't work out. Politically, for Republicans, so you think Nancy wants to be seen as dr- being drugged into it? I,
3: I I can't read minds. I, I I and I certainly wouldn't read her mind if I could read minds. But um, uh, I, I'll tell you this: the sh- the other shoe's about to drop in this. And that, that if she is genuinely hesitant, uh, it may be because she knows what is coming next. What's coming next is the inspector general's report over the uh, uh, origins of this phony steel dossier that gave rise to this entire. A monstrous lie that the president was a traitor colluding with a hostile foreign government. Uh, uh, A special counsel has already been appointed and is investigating uh, uh, the misconduct of the highest ranking officers in our intelligence agencies, uh, in the uh, FBI and the Justice Department. Uh, and the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, which is headed by Lindsey Graham, is is uh, now looking at this very carefully. So my guess is that maybe they're looking down the road a little ways and realizing this thing could go south on us very quickly, and I think it will.
0: Congressman Tom McClintock was one of only two perfect uh, ratings by Citizens Against Government Waste, by the way, for fighting wasteful government spending. That's why he's long been a friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Listen, you made it clear you don't read minds. Maybe you're psychic. You can predict the future. Uh, <laughs> Do you think the, uh, the, uh, the Mueller speech yesterday will change the polls about uh, how Americans feel about impeachment at all? Because currently it's not even close. Most people don't want to, including Democrats.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, the, the polls have been very stable over this for a very long period of time. So, uh... Including
0: uh, on the release of the Dang Report.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I, I can't tell the future, but I can, I can tell the past, and and the past is that the polls have been very stable on this. Now, you, you know, Trump is a, uh, you know, let's face it, is a uh, it doesn't exactly have the sunny disposition of Ronald Reagan, and you either, you either love him or you hate him, and. And it appears to be that's a very, very stable and enduring emotion got
0: way. No kidding. Very good point. Or, or as is increasingly, well, not increasingly, but very popular among many of our listeners and many people around the country... Yeah, he's a jerk, but he's our jerk. Oh,
3: I, I told people during the campaign, look, it wasn't my first choice, it wasn't my second choice, but I can sure as hell tell the difference between a fire and a fireman. And if a fireman's trying to save my house from burning down, I don't care if he's a bit of a jerk at home.
0: Um, we, we've known you for a long time. We know you're a fan of history. Uh, Mike, I have some concern with how casually everybody calls everybody else a liar or a, a traitor, or that sort of thing, on, on, on both sides. It's now just become commonplace for for some of you politicians to call your colleagues liars. That didn't used to happen ever. Are you worried about that?
3: Well, ever is a long time. It it, it did happen well, in, in
0: my modern life.
3: No, nor in mine. Of, uh, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, 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 politics has become increasingly uncivil, but it's not the first time it's become increasingly uncivil. We saw that in the lead-up to the civil war. Um, uh, uh, when, when, when you have
0: two principles... Tom McClintock predicts civil war. Breaking news on the Armstrong I, and Getty. Yeah. Back to you, Tom. No,
3: no, I don't think it's going to get to that, but I do think that there's a similar dynamic taking place, and that is, of, of, uh, in, the, in the mid-19th century, there were Two principles that simply could not be reconciled freedom and slavery. That was the crux of Lincoln's House Divided speech. He says, Look, we can't continue to be divided. These two principles cannot coexist forever. One, ha- We have to become all one thing or all the other. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that wheels come full circle, and now we've got two incompatible polar opposites freedom and socialism. They cannot coexist forever. We have to become all one thing or all the mm-hmm. other. Fact, fact, you know, slavery and socialism uh, basically have their roots in the same principle. And uh, as 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 Lincoln put it, uh, "You work and toil and make bread, and I will eat it."
0: Wow, wow, well said. I think the uh, uh, the the coexistence of the two things, uh, when you're talking about socialism, can last longer, and I think they're more easily reversed. The the march toward either slave or free was just. Inexorable. There's oh, no yes, way to that's, stop.
3: that's why I don't think it's going to be as severe a test of our country as we've been through in the past. And that's the other thing: is we've been through a lot worse times than these in the past. We've gotten through them.
0: Do you think there are a substantial number of closet yes on impeachment Democrats, or do you think it's mostly restricted to the infamous 38 people are discussing?
3: Oh, I, uh, again, uh, I'm stepping across the line now and trying to see a future I can't see, but my guess is if it came to a vote, it'd be pretty much a party line vote.
0: Wow. And, yeah, as a lot of things are. Congressman Tom McClintock represents the 4th District of California. Tom, it's always uh, great to get together. Let's do it again soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got it. Well, that's an interesting point about the whole got to be all one thing or another. Oh, but I think that is true. We uh, that, And that's where we are, and that is the big break, and that's why we have so much disagreement. You you like big government taking over, running everything, and the other crowd doesn't. and. Socialism versus not, and uh... yeah, I don't think I, I I just disagree with Tom. I don't think it's an all or nothing proposition. It's a matter of degrees. I'll tell you who I think is going to win that battle. Uh, oh yeah, the socialism yeah, the siren song that we're going to give you stuff. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, freewheeling Donald Trump hosting another impromptu news conference. It was amazing. <laughs> and don't miss this. We've got the latest, best, and worst airline ratings just released. Fantastic. I'll make my travel plans based on your recommendations. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. This is a good headline. $500 fine for suspect who told cops his name was Ben Dover. Well, if you, if you do that to the cops They find you I thought this was America I got a, <laughs> I got a better one And every bit is appealing to 12 year old boys A <laughs> man who urinated on Cereal assembly lines So who do you like Bendover or the cereal peer Huh Was he peeing in the cereal Yes Oh that ain't cool no? In what way? <laughs> what? Well, what kind of cereal is it? Was it a Kellogg's factory in South Memphis. This guy, Gregory Stanton. Some of those healthy cereals that would help. Spent late last week to 10 months in federal prison, ordered to pay $10,000 fine. Pleaded guilty to tampering with consumer products. I'd say that's tampering. Tampering, and then there's tampering. But if it's like uh, Captain Crunch or something, I think there's enough chemicals in there to kill whatever germs... Well, his urine should be clean, Jack, unless he has a urinary tract infection. There you go. (laughs) That doesn't mean I want it in my cereal. Who peed in your Wheaties? Uh, Gregory Stanton of South Memphis, Tennessee. I actually know the guy. Yeah, (laughs) and he's recently been sentenced. (laughs) Here's the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump says former FBI Director Robert Mueller should never have been chosen to lead the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election talking with reporters outside the White House before leaving for Colorado. I think he is a total conflicted person. I think Mueller is a true never-Trumper. He's somebody that dislikes Donald Trump. He's somebody that didn't get a job that he requested, that he wanted very badly, and then he
3: was appointed. And despite that, and despite $40 million...
0: 18 Trump haters, including people that worked for Hillary Clinton, and some of the worst human beings on earth, they got nothing. It's pretty amazing. You know, uh, the, the lawyers who worked on the Mueller team, I really doubt they were in, like, your top tier of worst people. <laughs> I mean, I got kind of a mental list, and they're not on it. You know, it's just the hyperbole is everywhere. It's everywhere. Then at one point during the give and take, uh, one reporter asked Trump a question he liked of, about China. I think we're doing very well with China. Come here, I want to shake your hand. Come here. You've treated me fairly. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, wait. I want to ask a real reporter's question. We're gonna we're gonna answer a real reporter's question, okay? You know, I was gonna bring that up. That, that's one of my concerns with this whole thing is it continues especially if we end up doing impeachment, and that just eats up all the time, energy and oxygen, in Washington, D.C., for quite some time. This whole battle we've got going with China, this is for the future of the way the world is organized. Mm-hmm. And Trump is the only guy that's going to take that on. And if he's weakened or, or, or uh, you know, it looks like he's headed the wrong way, and so China negotiates based around that, that could be bad for a century to come. That is this, well said. All of your analysts say this is our only shot because other presidents aren't going to do this. They're too concerned about what the public thinks. Trump don't care. Right. Plus, we have to do it at a time where our economy is strong enough in relation to theirs to take on this battle. And that, that door is closing quickly. So it's just it's a, it's a once in a more than generations, maybe a once-in-a-century chance to stand up to the great rising power of China economically and rebalance things, and he could be weakened by this BS that can be handled at the ballot box. Right. Well, listen, and I fully concede there are plenty of things about Trump that are tough to take, and a lot of you really don't like him and, and his manner, or whatever. I get that. I totally get that. But with the China thing, Jack, I think you glossed over the cowardice of everybody else a little bit in the interest of time, I'm sure, but the idea that, well, this uh, the, the negotiation might cause a little disruption and uh, might cause a little pain and a little uncertainty, and, you know, I'm just going to play it safe. Status quo. You never get in t- trouble for the status quo. So they've continued to let China flout all of the rules of international trade that they've agreed to and to screw the U.S. In, in half a dozen different ways to steal intellectual property, to, you know, impose tariffs, to subsidize industries outside the law. I mean, there are a hundred different things. And, and Trump finally, for all his sins, said, no, we're not going to put up with that anymore, and I don't care who gets a headache. And it's an enormously important thing to do. But he he steps on his own, uh, you know what, in my mind, a lot. Um, Which is a point I made during the campaign. But you're right, it's an important moment, and we're arguing about whether telling Rod Rosenstein to fire Mueller and Rosenstein saying no is obstruction of justice. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was at an event in San Francisco talking with reporters and once again went after Facebook for not removing a recent video doctored to make it look like she was flurring her words. Pelosi saying the fact that they haven't removed the video shows that the company actively contributed to Russian interference in the 2016 oh. election.
2: I thought it was unwitting, but clearly they wittingly were accomplices and enablers
0: of false information to go across Facebook. Well, wait a minute now. So, because they won't remove a video that makes you seem a little drunk, that's proof that they were in league with Putin in 2016. I think it's a they, bit of a stretch. I think they have proven. Nancy Pelosi said of Facebook, they have proven that they were willing enablers of the Russian interference in our election. <sighs> that's a hell of a charge. Wow! Against a one of your age making a leap like that, I'm impressed. One of the world's biggest companies. An American company saying they were in league with the Russians. I never defend Facebook. From the speaker of the House. This isn't just Maxine Waters or right, somebody. Right. <laughs> the, the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Yeah, I know. This is crazy, Bill. Third in line to the president. Right. <laughs> and hammered drunk too, from what I've heard. <laughs> This according Facebook, Facebook, right? This NBA Finals between the Toronto Raptors and Golden State Warriors has a most international feel. Game one of the series, my chant would just be, "Don't like foreigners, don't like oh, foreigners." Wow, that That's sounds like xenophobia. You know. In Oakland Coliseum, <laughs> game one of the series tonight in Canada. That was artless and crude. <laughs> I disassociate myself from that. We can't have foreigners playing our sports. We're trying to win our championships. This is going to be the first time a finals game will be played outside the U.S. And yeah. of you course, ever watched a major league baseball game. What percentage of <laughs> <are> those dudes <laughs> well, we're, were born in the U.S. of A. Uh, I wonder. Hey, we had uh, Lee, a uh, faithful listener, Lee, make the outrageous claim that James Naismith, the inventor of basketball, was Canadian. That can't possibly be. Well, and how many of the Toronto Raptors are American? <laughs> and, and or. You know Naismith, he fled Canada because they didn't have the freedom to throw a ball into a peach basket in that godforsaken frozen wasteland land or north. Are all the Toronto Raptors uh, U.S. born? Probably. No, every single one is Canadian, born and bred. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's uh, Lance McDougall. There's uh, Johnny McGillickett. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Jacques LeFleur? Sure. Are the Golden State Warriors the favorite in this series? Yeah. Overwhelming. Not just whelming, overwhelming. I usually root for the underdog, but I can't root for a foreign team. Oh, boy. I just can't do it. Oh, boy. I try to come here and steal our glory. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> and our our valuable trophies we got to charge them yeah. a tariff, an export fee, for taking the trophy. Uh, Toronto's favored by one point tonight. Yep. At home. At home. Favored by one. So they're there's certainly... Golden State's certainly not an overwhelming favorite tonight. They're the underdog yeah. by one point. Yeah. Overwhelming favorite to win the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, individual, they bookmakers tend to give a couple points to the home team, so the fact that they're at home and only favored by one, like on a neutral field, means that Golden State mm. would be better. Mm. And Jack, if there are a couple things yes. that threaten right. the, the, well, the Warriors' dominance, it's number one, a cold shooting night. It happens sometimes, especially on the road. Number two, what if they drink the water in Canada? Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Steph Curry waddling off to the uh, <laughs> locker room again. I'm sorry, i got to go now. <laughs> they don't understand what the refs are saying or what the right. fans are saying because right. it's foreign language. Right. Sure. Uh, and the other thing is. What's the Oot of Bounds? And, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is complacency, Jack. It's entirely possible the mighty, mighty Golden State Warriors won't quite get their mojo working. It happens. I fouled Oot? What does that even mean? Right. You foul dude. <laughs> right, The referees wear those red jackets. They ride on the horses. <laughs> a lot of players are disconcerted by that.
1: There are a number of differences.
0: Fantastic.
1: Armstrong.
0: Texture pointed out a three-point shot is only 2.7 in metric, so that will hamper the three-point shooting wow. Warriors players. Wow! Wow! It's just a fact. One of the advantages the uh, foreigners will have on their home court tonight. Um, I hate There's frequently snow too, snow and ice on the court in Canada. Yeah, I hate the modern world and the way we do things, but this is the way things work. So, uh, who came first, Netflix or Disney? Doesn't matter. But one of them came out and said. They are going to rethink doing any filming in Georgia because of the anti-abortion law. Now, Disney has said the same thing. Both Disney and Netflix do a lot of it there. Uh, one of the reasons they're in Georgia, when uh, and not in California, where traditionally... Hollywood, Jack! And traditionally where uh, movies and TV shows were filmed is because the taxes and everything are so damn high in California that you've driven them out. You see, that's what happens. If you make the taxes high up, they'll just go somewhere else. Oh, no, no, You no, geniuses. No. The higher you raise taxes, the more revenue you take in. But anyway, this is why I hate the way the world works. Now, Netflix says it will rethink filming in Georgia if the anti-abortion law goes into effect. Disney said it'd be very difficult to do production in the state of Georgia if the abortion law goes into effect. So you have the lawmakers who pass the law never intending it to go into effect. They know it's not going to in- go into effect. It's mm-hmm. not going to go into effect. Disney and Netflix know it's not going to go into effect. Right. But they have to claim that they're not going to do business there to keep the howling packs at bay or something, I guess. In the words of Madonna, everybody Vogue, strike a pose. (laughs) Yeah. So that they can. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) playing a game now. Um, We talked about that last week. If you don't understand how it works, then. uh, One's a a judicial game, a legal game. The other one's just a PR game, but that's fine. Um, My son pulled me out of the ditch yesterday. He was very excited. Because I'd gotten a piece of equipment stuck in a ditch uh, where it was muddier than I thought it was. It happens. And I came in the house and I told uh, Sam, I said, "You got I, I need you to come out and pull me out of the ditch. I'm going to get a chain and you're going to use the gator, this John Deere gator thing, to pull me out. And he was, he said, finally, I get to do an adult thing. He yes. was so excited. Now, has the lad driven the gator previously? Oh, yeah. he's He okay. driven, driven, drives my truck almost every single day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. When we get home, I have him drive. From the highway to our house. Wow. He's nine. Crazy. <laughs> so he has oh to move the seat, all the, move so the seat all the way up. people. He has the seat all the way up. He's better now than he was when he started. I'll bet he was. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> First time he did it, I didn't have my seatbelt on. He about ran my head through the windshield. <laughs> wow. wow. The brakes are touchier than you think yeah. when, you're, when you're an eight, eight-year-old or nine-year-old. However old he yeah. was, was done. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, he would put a a chain around it, put it around my end. I give him the signal. He drives off, pulls me up out of the ditch. It was such a great manly father-son sort of thing. Oh, that's fantastic. He was very thrilled with the whole thing. Wow. I wasn't particularly happy that I'd gotten something stuck in the mud again. It's just my getting things stuck in the mud days I wish were behind me, but apparently I'm not. Pass the opportunity for that. I'm, I'm kind of a lawnmower and weed whacker guy. Is that a sign of uh, ill planning among you, farm folks? Oh no, it, it can it happens is to there anybody. Derisive terms. Or I worked. At, is a ditch sticker. <laughs> you know. I worked at a feedlot one time in uh, Western Kansas, and they got there were these giant tractors at the time called Steigers that were just enormous, and I mean it was the biggest piece of equipment in the county. Okay. and uh and just dwarf's regular tractors. sort of things you see now and then and you just you know you pause and look cuz the, the tires are as high as your ceiling and you know, just oh, you wow what are those yeah and i never oh. i never got to drive that thing cuz it was probably a 300,000 dollar tractor so at the time, um, but somebody got that stuck in the mud, and to try to pull it out, Ooh. they got every other tractor, every other truck, pickup trucks, everything attached to a chain. Wow. There was a string of like 20 vehicles attempting to pull this thing out of the mud because there was the, it was the biggest thing around, so wow, there was yeah. nothing big enough to pull it out. I was Sounds so amazed. Sounds like this, by this. This some plot point in a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, just everybody pulling the old town pulling together. Everybody, come on now, ready? Pull, pull! <laughs> and they never got it out, and they just sat there in a and decayed and rusted. No, really? No, of course not. Okay. Hold <laughs> <Pulled> it up! <laughs> um, That's a crappy Disney movie. Um, everybody just goes home, gives up. <laughs> mentioned earlier that there was an airline flight. I'm surprised it took this long to happen, where uh, one of the comfort dogs uh, bit somebody, actually mauled them pretty good. Oh and man! I got to assume in our litigious society that that there's going to be uh, sewage going on um, <laughs> lawsuits. You know that's a funny term to use for that, and appropriate. And that might put an end to the everybody gets to bring their dog on just because they want to craze that the way it's been for the last decade or so. The trend was heading that way I anyway, thought, anyway. I but thought that this would ha- speed it. I thought that would happen. I thought that would happen a long time ago, where a couple of dogs would have gotten a fight. Somebody gets bit on the finger or whatever, but it took a full-on mauling. And uh, then just because I know it is the same reason my kid, uh, the kids can't play in the playground if it rained yesterday, it will be the reason you can't bring comfort animals on a plane. And now people yeah. who actually do need a comfort animal, it's probably going to be incredibly difficult to do. But yes. now at least I'm hoping <laughs> just every college girl who wants to bring their pug with them can't because they want to. Right. Yeah. And claim it's a service animal. Meanwhile, vets and people with PTSD will be able to. I'm sure we can figure that out. You know, I was listening to, uh, uh, I was going to say, it takes a real moron to bring an uh, an aggressive animal on a plane. Um, granted, you might not know, but, man, I was, I was in a place the other day where there's somebody talking on their cell phone way too loud. So you could hear them like 50 feet away. And the gist of the conversation was, yeah, well, yeah, uh, he's a rescue and he has aggression. And so I got to... Well, I'm going to. I got to be careful, you know. Blah blah blah. And I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'm all for rescuing dogs, and you know, you can often do training and stuff with it. But then this 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 gal comes out. She's got two big old pit bulls. Little gal too, with a couple of pit bulls that she knows she can't control. Not just uh, I don't. Man. I don't. I don't. I don't get that whole world. I mean, there are so many more dogs and cats than people want, and millions, millions, millions of them get put down every single year. You know what? The pound, they go through a couple of tests to see check the aggression, and if you don't pass, it's just you know you're dead because. There's just no point. There's no point in going through the training and everything like that. You want this kind of dog? i got 50 others that aren't aggressive. So there's there's just no point in it. I don't know why anybody puts up with aggressive animals. There's plenty of other animals available. Right, right. You just have to be an adult. Sometimes adults have to do things that make them feel bad inside. There's a dividing line. People who can do stuff like that and those who can't. And I think, you know, that they ought to study it in terms of voting. We were just talking about uh, what generation started the everybody gets a trophy thing. Yeah. We blame Gen Xers, and we got a whole bunch of texts from people who said, no, I'm Gen X, and I got a trophy. Right. It was the Baby Boomers. Uh, There is a new book out from a Wall Street Journal columnist named Joseph Sternberg blaming Baby Boomers for a lot of problems in the world. The Theft of a Decade, How the Baby Boomers Stole the Millennials' Economic Future. Uh, it was a lot of baby boomer era politicians who were using the lessons they thought they'd learned earlier in their careers to try and navigate the economy. They made a lot of mistakes, and this is going to uh, doom the baby, the uh, the millennial generation for much of their lives, trying to dig out of it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Well, yeah, the utter refusal to tell people the truth when it comes to spending and borrowing that sort of thing. I don't know. Who do you blame, the politicians or the voters? You have to blame the voters, I think. You have to. Obviously. The society churns out its... Uh... It's government, not vice versa. Well, if if most people um, spend more money than they take in, and most people do, then why would you expect the government to be any different? Right. Yeah. Sure. So here's a question for you, totally uh, uh, apropos of nothing: the lack of interest in the big New York Times UFO story. Now, granted, the Trump story du jour always pushes everything out of, of, you know, else out of view, but. Do you figure the lack of interest in that? Serious naval aviators, multiple naval aviators, with multiple systems confirming the sightings of things that cannot be explained doing things that cannot be explained. We still haven't played the audio again, which is worth hearing, just because they're kind of laughing about it and everything, and I'm surprised by that reaction. Yeah. You're a pilot. You know the most sophisticated stuff that exists on Earth. You're seeing something that is more sophisticated than that. How are you not... Either scared or just in awe. I, would, I, would think I just think it's there's a, they're astounded. Sometimes people laugh when they're I'll astounded. i be darned. There must be some sort of flying spacecraft in our uh, in our atmosphere that is better than anything we've got. Well, what are you going to do? But is the lack of interest that people just assume it's a government this or that and can be explained as I opposed know, I... to an alien craft? I don't find, think it's an alien craft. I find that pretty fascinating. Yeah. We or China or somebody has got a, 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 a flying vehicle beyond anything anybody knows exists. Shaped like a delicious Tic Tac.
2: <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
3: Hey guys, you know what this playground could
1: use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.